Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. Oh yeah, what is up everybody? Welcome to another edition of One Man's Opinion, the podcast sweeping the nation, everybody. I'm your host, Jeff Manns. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading Hopefully you subscribe, like, comment. If you don't like what you hear, tell us that too. I think uh, we, we can take it. We got the tough, tough skin here on the One Man's Opinion Podcast. A lot to get to today. I am Jeff Manns, as I mentioned. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Manns, M-A-N-S. The Jeff Manns on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and TikTok as well. Reacting to all the NFL uh, signings as we speak on TikTok, the Jeff Mans, all one word over there. Today, we are going to talk about, we'll do some NFL. Free agency has started. We are, uh, it's underway here, even on the West Coast. There's signings happening, big trades happening across National Football League. We'll do that um, as well. We'll talk maybe a little fantasy baseball on the program, but uh, we need to address the coronavirus, and we're going to do that on today's show with you as well. Hopefully, uh, provide some insight, some comic relief, hopefully, uh, throughout the course of the next hour or so. I am flying solo on today's podcast. I needed some time off since the episode four, Tommy G, the two-hour banger we had. If you haven't listened to that one yet, please go back and do it. The History of Tommy G, great podcast. Great uh, inside stuff from Tommy G, a superstar in the fantasy sports industry, for sure. So today, as we sit here and recording this podcast mid middle of March, um, things with the coronavirus have changed considerably over the last couple of weeks, and especially over the last couple of days. Now, I'll give you guys my thoughts on this, all right, and where I stand, because people are confused. When the coronavirus was sweeping through Asia and Europe and all that, um, and people were telling us to worry and be freaked out and all this kind of stuff, I was sort of of the mind, eh, you know, it's another SARS, it's another uh, H1N1 or West Nile and all these. I even sent out 20, every year, 20 years, folks, of different, not epidemics not pandemics but different uh um illnesses and things that were supposed to sweep the nation and kill millions of people so on and so forth and none of it i, I hate to say i don't want to undermine sars or h1n1 or anything else these are terrible and sometimes fatal diseases and illnesses but at the same time you can't shut down the world because of it well as we sit here in the middle of march Coronavirus has done exactly that. It has legitimately shut down the entire world. So I'm not going to minimize the virus. You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to minimize um, the effects it has or anything like that. I am going to stress to our audience here on the One Man's Opinion podcast, you got to be rational. You got to keep your head about you. You know, in times like this, we need leaders, people that are strong, people that can make tough decisions, people that won't rush to judgment, people that will, that's why judges are, that's what judges are supposed to be. So judges are supposed to sit back and listen, take in all the information and make the best judgment at the end of uh, the trial as possible. Um, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what leaders are. That's what's supposed to be in every walk of life, whether it's a business whether it's you know the commissioners of these sports leagues, how the commissioner of your fantasy leagues, whether it's the president of the United States or congressmen and house representatives uh, who are representing an area of the nation. They're all supposed to be leaders. We're supposed to be able to um, trust our leaders to make good decisions, sound decisions. Well, we don't have good leaders in most places anymore. It just doesn't happen. And I'm not talking about the president. I'm not talking politics necessarily. Just a lot of people ascend to a position in a company and in the world right now that they just spent it's seniority based or they play the they play politics the best. They talk out of both ends 
of their ass. They talk it, you know, they'll tell this person this and that person that. And they're not, they don't have belief systems. They, and thus, when the shit goes down, they don't have solutions because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Okay. And that's a problem when we get into a global pandemic like coronavirus. So, and that's what we're seeing right now. We are seeing the entire country in the United States, Canada, Mexico, North America, shut down. I mean, we're shutting down everything. Bars and restaurants in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles are all closed. Other parts of the continental United States. I know I've uh, talked to somebody today in Toronto. They closed the bars in the middle of the day and closing bars and restaurants, just that was it. That, and that's going to be it for a while. And what this is going to do to our economy is absolutely devastating. It's going to, it's going to be utter catastrophe. So what, I'm, what I'll urge you guys is to be leaders. Be leaders. Maybe you're not president in the United States. Maybe you're not. <coughs> oh, God. I took in a large <coughs> air bubble there. Maybe you're not uh, uh, president or congressman or senate or anything else. Maybe you're not even CEO of your company or whatever. But you're the president of your household. And the thing you need to do, especially those of you with kids, especially those of you with husbands, wives, grandparents that live with you, aunts, uncles, whatever, the family members that need you, whether they're in your home or not, is you need to be strong for those people. You need to be the voice of reason. You need to react appropriately. It doesn't matter if you believe in coronavirus or not. It doesn't matter if you believe that it's as deadly as they say, or spreads like it does, or any of that kind of stuff, right? And I'm not getting into conspiracy bullshit like my dude Tommy, but I will say that you need to be strong and you need to do the right thing. And social distancing right now is what they want you to do. I, I know social distance, I hate any kind of trendy words like this. I mean, stay away from sick people. Is that so fucking hard? Is that really that fucking hard for you? For any of us, like, just don't go around with sick people. And that's why you don't go to freaking, you know, baseball games or basketball games and 40,000 people breathing and shitting and pissing and everything else. Like, you just don't need it. Don't do it. It shouldn't be that hard. It really isn't. Oh, boo-hoo, you, you got to go without going to the fucking mall for a, a, a couple weeks. Who cares? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, no, you can't go to Red Lobster to celebrate uh, uh Jonathan's uh, promotion at work or whatever bullshit cares. Stop doing that shit. Get carry out food. If you're going to the restaurant, you want to celebrate, make a good dinner, do something like that. And for Christ's sakes, don't stop buying up all the toilet paper. What the hell is wrong with us? How dirty are your assholes? How dirty are you people? God, God, that's an, it's an insane time right now. So, we are going to record a new One Man's Opinion podcast pretty much every day going forward. That's my, uh, that's my pledge to you guys. It may not be every single day, but we're going to do three, four, five of these a week at least. And I'm going to bring my guys, Tommy G, back on. I'll bring Ted Schuster. Me and Schuster got a great story of how we met Walmart. That's right. We met at Walmart back in the day, 30 years ago almost at this point. We'll tell those stories. Uh, I'm going to bring Ray Flowers on. I got our crew from... Elite Sports Betting Fantasy Guru and EliteFantasy.com will come on and talk and, you know, kick the can around sports and everything else that's on the table. And what my goal is here, and the only way I could be a leader for all of you listening, um, is to provide some comic relief, some provide an outlet that you can turn to on the regular to get away, to pass the time. Because I think that's what's going to make us all go nuts is that a lot of us are out of work and off of extracurricular activities. Obviously, no social gathering. You're not going out on date nights and you're not dating for the most part. Maybe you're doing a Tinder bang session or something like that. But, um, and that's my pledge to you. I I'm going to be here for you. And it's like that over on our sites, uh, for those who don't know. It's part of the Elite Sports Network. Uh, all three sites I just mentioned, Fantasy Guru, we have the um, baseball and football conversation. Well, let me get into that. I'll, hold on. I'll, I'll wait for that. I'm not trying to promote anything necessarily here other than I'm going to be here and we'll talk whatever you guys want to talk about. If you want to do ask, ask me anything. If you want to know my rise and subsequent fall from the fantasy sports industry or betting industry, you want to know about what it was like to win a live final and quarter of a million dollars or, um, 
you want to learn about, uh, you know, my football process or fantasy baseball process or any of that. You want to hear stories about me shitting my pants or whatever you want to hear. Um, I am up for any of it and all of it. And I'll be here for you guys to, for you to download, for you to interact with on social media at Jeff underscore man's Twitter, the Jeff man's other social media outlets. Like I always say, and uh, I'll be here for you guys. You know, I'm not doing much. There's a lot less work now with no sports for me. So I, I love this broadcasting thing, and I'll continue to do it. And uh, we'll have a good time. And whatever you guys want me to talk about, we'll do some drunk podcasts. We'll do who knows what the hell's going to happen, to be honest. You give us a couple weeks of, uh, of boredom, and uh, there's, there's going to be a lot. Who knows? I'm going to be freaking buck naked sitting here pretty soon. I'm just slapping my stuff around on the microphone. That's going to be a, a, an episode. Episode 25, man's just, man's just beating his junk around the microphone. That's very possible. Nothing's off the table. But also, I will talk about what we're doing. For those of you who are uh, subscribers or our customers over Elite Sports Betting, Fantasy Guru, and Elite Fantasy, for one, we've extended everybody. However long we are off the grid as far as sports are concerned, and not all sports are done with, but... Um, for most of our subscribers, you, your VIP members and all that good stuff. So what we're doing is however long this lasts, your, your account and your membership is extended by that, that number. And what we're also doing is providing content during that entire time. We're doing a lot of strategy sessions. We're doing live streams. We're doing podcasts. We're doing live chat sessions coaching sessions with you for Daily Fantasy Hockey, for NBA, for NASCAR. We're doing a ton of stuff for our betting customers as well. And uh, we're going to use this time wisely. This time, you can't just sit around and get fatter and smell bad and just hoard your toilet paper, hoping that you have to take a nice juicy shit and you could use all that TP that you saved up. Now, that's not what we're doing. We're getting after it every single day. We're we're not going to think about how shitty the world is around us right now. There's plenty of things for the sports fan to do right now. And over the weekend at Elite Sports Betting, we have a thing called The Vault. It's our VIP chat room. We've opened that up. If, if you're a customer of ours, you have access to it. Pop, bottom line. All right, so you just go in, hang out with us. We're chatting. We had 300 people in there the other night talking uh, horse racing, and we're betting horse racing for those of you who want to bet and uh, just need your betting fix, your de- you know, daily, daily fantasy fix. We're in there, me, Benny Ricciardi, Benny's producing content, Brian Healy's a man, Ted Schuster, uh, crushing in the Australian races, I think because they're backwards. That's what I think. That's my theory on Ted. Ted's like Rain Man. He knows all the horses. He could hit all the winners because they run backwards, reverse clockwise. But um, So we're talking horse racing. Horse racing's on the table. Horse racing is out there. It's something to pass the time. Have some fun. Soccer. We uh, had the Mexican Soccer League that was happening over the weekend. Now, they've closed it as of this recording. They're not going to play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for, uh, um, in the Mexican League this time around. But we have Spanish Soccer Leagues that are going on. Our guy Duke has it, a full coverage over at EliteFantasy.com and EliteSportsBetting.com. So we have that going on. We have UFC. Now, UFC went off Brazil this past weekend. It was a great time. Our dude Mad Lab crushed it like he always seems to do. But um, UFC is now in flux. They're trying to find what to do with uh, UFC London. They're trying to see um, their next three events, I guess, have been postponed. But Dana White is pretty committed to um, um, getting the the, the Khabib-Tony Ferguson um, fight going. So a big title fight. So he's going to be on that. We'll have UFC to talk about labology podcast, which I highly recommend. And, um, uh, the war lab with Mike Iorato as well. So we'll be doing that. We're going to have full coverage uh, folks. Now that we're not focused as much on other sports, golf, NASCAR, our guys have a lot of hidden talents. Horse racing has always been a passion of mine. And I think I'll have Schuster on this week for him and I to, to talk about our old times hanging out at the OTB. You know, Ted and I used to, we, we would find cheap beer. That was our thing when we were probably not even 21 yet, to be quite honest. We used to fake it. And we would just find places. We found an OTB that had like dollar 
cold pints of uh, Killian's Irish Red. And we just we just go there and hell, cheap beer, drink, for, and then we win some money, get our gambling fixed. So we learned a lot about horse racing in the interim. So we know what we're talking about. We've got other guys on staff that know WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. We've got other guys, many of us, play poker, online poker and the like. We'll have access to that. Uh, if you want, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a member of any of our sites, we have a site totally free called FanLink, uh, FanLinkSports.com. Go there, check that out. And one of the great things that we're doing right now is we have a, a what if March Madness tournament. So what we've done, we've gone through all 68 teams, including the play-in games, the first four, if you will. And I'll tell you right now, we have Boston University versus Robert Morris, Texas versus Richmond, North Carolina State versus UCLA, and Prairie, Prairie View A&M versus UNC Central. Those were our first four games. And what we're doing over there is using our data modeling that we have at the Lead Sports Network and for college basketball. And we are projecting the tournament game by game by game by game. And there will be some upsets. There will be, you know, it's not just all going to be chalk because we're going to flux with the game tempo and pace and things like that uh, to try to shake the cage a little bit. And it's going to be a fun time. So if you wondered what would happen if the NCAA tournament was to be played, well, we have you covered over at fanlinksports.com. So go there, check it out. It's called What If March Madness. Um, that's something you can do. Uh, we also have a ton over at fantasyguru.com. I'm going to talk about NFL free agency and the pandemonium that erupted as soon as the floodgates opened. As soon as they pressed the, the buzzer on that, um, my God, the trades just insane that have happened. I'll go through the latest with you now, and I'll give you updates uh, with more episodes throughout this week and going forward. But we have our fantasy football coverage over there at fantasyguru.com right now. We've got full NFL draft, combine coverage we already did. We already did East-West Shrine game. We already did um, the Senior Bowl coverage. We did um, – We've done tons of free agent projections, predictions, where we thought people were going to go. We've got reactions. We've got our, uh, our chat room over there at Fantasy Guru ready to go. Got ultra low pricing. We lowered all the prices for those of you who just need a distraction. Get in, and you're good to go for the whole football season. You might as well get in now, right, while you're bored to death and off of work and have more time and come hang out with the crew over there, also going to be doing some live streams over there at Fantasy Guru. And then, of course, our, our uh, seasonal fantasy baseball draft guide that's available. Ray Flowers, Vlad Sedler, myself, Ted Schuster, all contributing to uh, the draft guide there. And I know baseball season's pushed back. The latest is it's going to be mid-May at this point before Major League Baseball has its opening day. I'm sure that before that, there'll be a couple-week period of uh, a revised spring training getting people up and going and everything else, but still plenty of time drafting fantasy baseball. A lot of you still have drafts or had drafts. All it means that the season's pushed a little bit is that you have more time to prepare and more time to figure out a winning team. So um, check that out over at fantasyguru.com. And if you use the promo code radio 20, you guys get your 20% discount on top of our already lowered prices. So that, there's a way we are, I'm going to be there. I'm on this podcast with you. Sirius XM is actually no longer broadcasting live shows. I will not be doing live shows. I'll be doing some pre-recorded shows on Sirius XM. I've got live streams set up for horse racing, for fantasy football, and for fantasy baseball set up this week for myself. I have uh, Vlad Sedler and Ray Flowers doing podcasts and live streams, and our crew uh, with NFLs doing that. And we've got the um, uh, lunch money shows over there. We've got a lot going on over at our site, so we're going to be right there for you guys to get you through this in entire time, right through the coronavirus. Uh, Days, I guess, is what you call it, or whatever you want to call it. As the world's shutting down. We're going to keep going, and we're going to produce content and interact and have fun with y'all this entire time. Um, so there you go. Also want to uh, talk about – so we got that. Other things you can do. And by the way, what's your favorite sports video game? It's another topic we talk about all the time. I, I strongly recommend – you got to get your mind off the bullshit right now. Like, that's what you got to be doing. Like, you guys should be banging. 
You should be learning. You should be researching if you're talking about sports. Um, or, you know, those of you who are gamers out there, play some video games. Go old school. Go fire up the old NES system or Super Nintendo or Genesis or Nintendo Wii. I mean, that's a good way to, to do things. I mean, I've been playing. I started a season of Madden, uh, Madden 20, this past weekend. And, uh, you know, just did a fantasy draft with it. I'm going to play out the season and, and go in the franchise mode, baby. Why the hell not? My son did NBA 2K, created players, did a whole thing there. Um, the family, we've been firing up the Mario Kart and Nintendo Switch and playing that. Um, you know, and then there's other games. If you're into the sort of the adventure games, uh, old Zelda, Super Mario Brothers. If you're into newer games like Nintendo Wii, Pikmin, always a great game that uh, will take you a long time to solve the game and things like that. I don't know much about the other shoot 'em up games, Call of Duty and uh, all that shit. Like, I've never got into that myself, but fucking just do that. Have some fun. Get your mind off of the economy, off the stock market, off of getting sick, off of, you know, all the things you're maybe missing out on. Cause you're just gonna, we're all just gonna go batshit crazy if we continue on that uh, trajectory. So there you go. Those are my thoughts at the very least. Um, Elsewhere. uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, the the video game thing I I think is good. Other things you could do. Like I said, you should be banging, man. That's, uh, you know, why you're at home, you have date nights with your, your wife or girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whatever it may be, you know, providing, uh, you guys are home together, make it, spice it up, do something fun. That's another thing, man. I, I got to tell you, I, I have to say, when I'm talking about leaders, all right, our lack of leadership from, uh, the, you know, what I mentioned at the start of the podcast, like I, I really, there's a problem with men. There's just a problem with men in this country and in this world. I don't know. In, you know, uh, not 1950s, you know, Pappy Jeff here or by any stretch. But what I want to say is like the leaders, they used to be back in the day. Like when I was growing up, for instance, like my dad was in the U.S. Navy and he was, uh, he fought in the uh, Korean War, right? The conflict, whatever it was, fought in that war and stuff like that. And obviously World War II, the greatest generation, stuff like that. I just feel like, for all their faults of our forefathers, there's one thing that like, it felt like my dad always had control, right? He had control of the situation. When shit hit the fan, my dad was there. My mom was strong as hell too. My mom was stronger than him, but my dad was that like loud, rambunctious, tough voice. He had our backs. He knew the way to make everything okay. My mom was the brain. She'd figure everything out. But my dad would just plow ahead and, you know, whatever the, the case was. And to me, that's like, that's what men are supposed to do. We're the physically uh, gifted gender. We know that. And, you know, enough with your fucking equality, all that shit. It's fine. Sometimes the woman's stronger. Sometimes the man's stronger. But whatever, whether it's a man or a woman, somebody needs to be a fucking leader during this kind of coronavirus coronavirus time and i just i look around like where are the men the fuck happened what the fuck happened everybody with their skinny jeans and worried about their fucking beards and hair product and all that stuff man you got goatee yeah yeah i do i don't fucking care you know how many times a day people oh look at your goatees uneven oh look at your hair i don't give a shit too busy laying my shit down too busy providing for my family. Cause a fuck all the pretty boys just fucking like, that's what do you do now? Cause guys, let me tell you, if you're in your twenties, maybe you're late teenagers, twenties, early thirties, and maybe you're not married or maybe you are, I'm talking to all the men out there. Let me tell you a little secret. No matter what your woman wants to tell you, no matter what your family wants to say, you know what they want from you? They want you to be a leader. They want to be able to follow you. They want 
They crave somebody that can make tough decisions. When do you want to go to eat? No, no, I want to go to eat. Where do you want to go? No, where do you want to go? No, no, just say we're going, we're going fucking Longhorn Steakhouse or we're going, I don't know, Texas Roadhouse or fucking Red Lobster, Olive Garden or wherever you guys go. This is what we're going to Burger King. I don't like Burger. We're going to Burger King. Sit, eat, then don't eat. Make the decision. That's what women want from you. That's what leaders do. That it's in our DNA, right? It's in our DNA, you know. And sometimes you make the decision. And strong, smart men make the decision for their wife, girlfriend, partner, whoever, right? They they don't say, "Where do you want to go?" Because then they'll say, "Oh no, no." You know she likes Red Lobster. You know she wants to go to the sushi place or wherever it is, right? And you make the decision. Sometimes you make the decision because you want to go there. Sometimes you say, you know what, hon, you had a tough day. We're going here. Are you sure? that Yes, we're going here because you like it and you know she likes it. That's what men do. Men take care of their kids. Men take care of their families. And they do it without having to ask, is it okay? Sometimes I wonder how you guys have sex at all. Like when, is it okay? Is this nice? Are you all right? Is everything okay? Like nobody wants that. That's not what your woman wants, you idiots. Why the female orgasm has gone down by 80% over the last 20 years. You guys don't even know what you're doing. Like you seriously, when they want somebody in control, somebody who knows the path, that knows what to do in times of crisis or knows how to take care of the family. When somebody's sick, they know that somebody that will sit with them, stay up late, work, you know, get up early, you know, take the heavy thing. If there's a, what do you do when there's a bump in the night? What do you do when the whole house is dark, everyone's sleeping and somebody shakes you? Hey, dude, hun, did you hear that? Did you hear that? What are you doing? Like, yeah, it's probably nothing. Are you that dude? Are you the, yeah, it's probably nothing. Because if you're that dude, you got a real, you got a problem on your hand. Because you know what your wife wants? Your wife wants the guy who jumps out of bed and says, let's fucking go. You come, somebody's coming in my house? I, fuck, could you, I couldn't even imagine. My wife jokes sometimes. I couldn't even imagine somebody breaking into my house. Even a fucking imagine. Just go, put my fingerprint down, get the fucking uh, Ruger, and we're fucking dancing. Let's go. Like, we're fucking going. Don't, I, be prepared. You're not taking a TV set from my house. One of us is going the fuck out. You don't threaten my family under any circumstances. No fucking way. That's what you need to do, man. Be tough. My old man didn't take that shit. We had people break into my house when I was young. We used to live right off the Great Western Railroad, and we'd have fucking hobos sleeping in the garage. For real. My mom would go out there, and actually, like, anytime we had leftovers, my mom would just go and set out a pot of fucking you know, spaghetti or something or whatever, and give them some, our, any of our leftover food. Like That's the kind of person she was. But if one of them said something or uh, made something, which they would, or, you know, they'd my dad would be in the fucking garage kicking shit down, fucking taking people by the fucking shirt, throwing them the fuck out. Out, you're out. There's no intimidation. There's no being scared, right? That's what men are supposed to be. You're supposed to be leaders. You're supposed to be somebody that your family, your friends, coworkers can follow. You're a manager at work. Be a leader. Make a tough decision. It doesn't have to be the popular decision. Make the right decision. That's what we're looking. We're all looking for it with the coronavirus. We're all looking for it. We're looking around like, what's the right thing to do? Somebody just follow me. This is what we're doing. We're not going to fucking, you know, Daytona Beach like a bunch of freaking idiots, right? No, what we're going to do is we're going to go get some food. We're going to get our supplies, whatever the fuck we need. I'll find you toilet paper. I'll find you water. Oh, they're sold out at these two places. Well, I don't want to go. No, we're, you're going to go. I went out. What did I go to? Eight stores I went to. I got, my, I got my family toilet paper, water, pasta, food. Like, that's my job. I'm going out. My wife normally doesn't shop. I went out. That's when I go, right? That's what I go. You guys stay here. I'll go. I'm in. And somebody wants to fucking leg wrestle me over a, a carton of, or a package of Charmin. Let's fucking go. Better be ready to fuck die, motherfucker, because we are dancing. That's, how, that's what it is. You know, I'm not advocating violence in any capacity, but you have to be willing to go there for your family and protect your, the people around you, protect the ones you love. The elderly, the elderly right now need us. They need people, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, mom, dad, whatever, stay home. You're staying home. I got you. I'm 42 years old. I got, I'm going to the store. You sit the fuck down. 
sit down, watch Ellen. Sit down and, and knit or do whatever, whatever, whatever you are into. Your, your mom, dad's retired. They're in their 60s or 70s. It's up to us. Be a leader. Be, go out there and say, sit down. I'm going to get you water. I'll go get your medicine. I'm going to go get toilet paper for you. I will figure this shit out because that's what I do because I'm the leader of this family and I'm going to make sure in times of trouble, I got you. Okay. That's what, that's what being a man is supposed to be. And guys out there, especially young dudes that need advice from Pappy Mans, I'm telling you, I'm not much in the looks department, but uh, I always got control of my situation. All right. My family, my friends, people around me, that they'll always be taken care of. If that means freaking I risk myself, then I risk myself. If I get Corona, I get Corona. But I guarantee you, I'll throw myself on the sword before my wife's in harm way or my kids or my brothers or sisters or somebody like that. So you have to be, you have to be willing to do that. Right. That's how you want, you want to get respect. That's how you get respect. You earn that respect from people. Be a leader sacrifice especially in this time sacrifice money give money to your coworkers if you have to give up money to those less fortunate give up food and rations to people less fortunate at this time you know that's what you're supposed to do and i hope that god that the one man's opinion audience is, is like that if you guys have stuck with me through the first podcast especially through that tommy g um story and all that i mean you guys are my people and i hope you understand what i'm talking about and what it takes to, to step up in times of need, because that's what we need right now. We need people that are just going forward, that one step in front of the other. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's unknown. Yes, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what's happening with our jobs. We don't know what's happening with food. We don't know what's happening with illnesses and medicine and test kits and all that shit. And the government says, one half of the government says this, and the other half says this, and they say that, and this say that, and the doctors say this. And no, just say, I got this. For your little bubble, your whether it's at work, at home, or both, you've got this. You're a leader. I'll stay extra. I don't need pay. Now you don't need to pay me. It's good. I, I'm gonna. I'm protecting this because this is my fucking job. You are my family, right? I go first. If there if there's a zombie apocalypse, I'm at the door swinging first. You guys line up in the back corner. And I got. I'm on the front line, right? I'm. St- so what? It's what our our ancestors did, man. Storming the beach at Normandy. My dad on a fucking boat out in the Pacific Ocean, fucking getting fired on, right? He told me stories growing up. The whole the whole shot, man, um, was wounded in the shoulder. The whole story. I won't uh, hit it. Watched a needle break out into a guy's arm, and the guy fucking died right in front of him. Like my dad had stories about war, and you you had to have some guts, and courage to do this. I mean. Those people weren't doing it because they wanted to or they were psychopaths. Well, who would want to do that? They did it because they were protected. You storm a beach in a foreign land, you're doing it to protect the people at home. And maybe your name will be on a wall one day, maybe it won't. But you're going there and everything, you're going to give and willing to give every damn last breath you have in your body to protect those around you. To me, that's what being a man's all about. That's what being a leader's all about. And women too. Whatever it takes, same exact thing. I am speaking from my own personal experience. That's what I was raised with, and that's what I provide for my family. And uh, and my hopefully the coworkers around here as well. So that that's where I'm coming from. And um, if you want respect, you go out and get it. You go out and earn it. That's the only way. And uh, this is the time to really, really show people what you're made of. You know, show them strength. Show yourself. Show yourself how strong you can be. You're going to surprise yourself, right? It's natural. Natural instincts are to be scared and timid and back down from confrontation and stuff like that. But um, that's not what leaders do. Leaders, leaders step, up, step, step up when necessary. All right, there we go. Um, let's get to some NFL, man. Holy shit. Did the NFL open, free agency opened with a bang? This week, um, the first move uh, I'll talk about was just utterly horrific. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is another thing. So, you know, this goes into our entire, my entire message of today's podcast. Like the entire podcast, and my entire thought is this like, 
losers lose, winners win. That's it. You know, that's why I'm really trying to speak today to the leaders, to the strong people out there, because in, in times of this, we don't need people thinking they're right or waiting and, and data modeling everything. We don't, we don't need people to lay back and be like, mm, I don't have all the info yet. No, 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 no. We need, pe- we need strong people and in leadership capacities. Jacksonville Jaguars are always going to be fucking losers. Just fucking losers. That organization is a piece of shit garbage and i'm not talking about the fans nothing we can do i'm a white Sox fan right bulls bears our organization sucks have sucked for long periods of time too it's not the fans fault don't get mad at me because your franchise sucks it's gotta stick with it that's what diehard fans do the jaguars make every possible wrong decision you can make just terrible i mean from where they were in 20 what 17 to the fall now, getting they traded Calais Campbell to the Baltimore Ravens for a fifth round pick. Now, how many different levels can I talk about how bad this trade is? Does anybody understand how good Calais Campbell is? Calais Campbell, he was in Arizona, just an absolute monster of a beast. Led that defense. You want to know why Patrick Peterson has fallen off uh, his play over over uh, last couple of years? Because Calais Campbell wasn't getting to the quarterback in a hurry and allowing Patrick Peterson to have to cover for only two and a half to three seconds. No, instead, Peterson has to cover a half second longer. What do you know? Guys get open on him more often. Same thing for Jacksonville. Campbell went there. Jalen Ramsey got a lot of credit. Jalen Ramsey's a hell of a player who Jacksonville also let slip because they had no leaders in that, on that team. They had no leaders uh, on the coaches. Doug Marone's not a leader. And uh, they let him run ramshod and – come to a training camp with a Brinks truck and all this other bullshit and eventually just got himself sold to LA for pennies on a dollar. Now you get rid of Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell's a defensive end slash tackle. You can play him. He's a modern day. He's, he's like what Aaron Donald is. I mean, there are guys that can line in today's NFL. You need to be able, you need to be adaptable. You need to be able to line up on the outside and, and rush the passer. Um, you need to pin your ears back and get after it from the edge. Okay, you need to be able to do that. You also, it would be very helpful if you could play inside. If they can move you around, then you can p- rush the passer from inside. You have moves uh, and power to do that inside. You could stop the run from the inside. You could line up inside to draw double teams in while you get faster speed rushers like linebackers on the blitz coming from the outside. There's a, it allows you to do so much more schematically that uh, it, it, he's worth his weight in gold, Calais Campbell, and guys like him. Very few are like him. Four or five in the entire league. Jacksonville lets him go for a fifth-round pick? Oh, oh, my God, is that bad. Oh, my God. Oh, you didn't want to pay him. We're rebuilding. We're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Okay, well, you better hope you get the 2018 version of Trevor Lawrence instead of 2019. Because 2019, Trevor Lawrence was above average quarterback at Clemson. He's definitely, he impressed me to the walls in 2018, his freshman year. Sophomore year, even though they get to the, the, um, the playoff and everything, not good. Just wasn't impressed with Trevor Lawrence. N- not one game, watched every single game. Not impressed. Good for a college quarterback. Give you that. Didn't... Too slow delivering the football, relying on first read way too much, taking too long to deliver it, let the ball sail on him a bunch. So go ahead, and I have no problem trying to get Trevor Lawrence, but God, you, you can't give up Calais Campbell. And then the other aspect of it, what? how fucking stupid do you have to be to give Calais Campbell up to the Baltimore Ravens? You undersell to the Ravens who are in your conference? who were the number one seed in the AFC this year, got bounced, true, to, against the Titans, but you gave them a defense. Do you realize now what the Ravens are? You're not even looking. You could have gotten better than a fifth-round pick for Clayus Campbell, I guarantee, I guarantee you. I guarantee you could have. And 
You definitely could trade him the NFC team because every team in the National Football League wants Clay's Campbell. Everybody. And you definitely didn't have to give him to the team that was the number one seed a year ago. And the only thing they lack whatsoever was a little bit of defensive line help, edge rusher, and a little stop in the run. You go and look at the look at the Baltimore Ravens secondary. Remember Jimmy uh, uh, Jimmy Smith, and they went out and got Marcus Peters. That's a great second. Errol Thomas is obviously there. That's a tremendously good secondary. And now you add a guy who can rush the passer from all angles to that. Holy shit! And you just gave him away. Awful, just horrendous. All right. Speaking of horrendous. What are the Houston Texans doing? What on earth are the Texans even thinking about? They trade DeAndre Hopkins, one of, if not the best wide receiver in the National Football League. They trade him. At least they trade him out of the conference. I'll give the Texans that much. You're going to make a shitty trade. Make it out of the conference. So the only time you're going to see that team is once every four or five years once every five years, and then maybe in the Super Bowl if you both get there, in which case all bets are off anyway. DeAndre Hopkins goes to Arizona. (sighs) For David Johnson? 28-year-old running back who has had one productive year in his entire career, and that was with Bruce Arians in that system, who got completely usurped by Kenyon Drake, right? David Johnson... Going to Houston, fine. Okay, I, I can see that from the Houston point of view, but you're not going to pay his full salary, right? They paid his full salary, $11.5 million. Third most amongst NFL running backs. In, uh, fourth most, I'm sorry, in 2020. $11.5 million for a running back that, is, that got passed up by a guy they traded for an offshoot of the Miami Dolphins. Guy done nothing does lightly better and that's what that's how low the Arizona Cardinals thought of David Johnson and I, it breaks my heart David Johnson for those who don't listen to Sirius XM he is a uh, a neighbor of mine he is literally in my neighborhood he lives him and his wife and young kid and I see him at the local grocery store fries um local grocery store all the time literally see him all the time he's always in the grocery store and I don't bother him talk to him very much but have in the past just a wonderful guy is at all social gatherings. His wife is part of the community. Amazing people, just amazing. So I wish them nothing but the best personally and professionally, but we know running backs in the NFL, it's been proven. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, these guys are system running backs to be successful in national football league at the running back position. You need a great offensive line, a good system and a lot of opportunity. If you get those things, you could be successful. If you don't, you're not going to be successful. There are very few guys in the league that can just do it on their own. Saquon Barkley is one of them. Um, that is the end of that list. Like, that's it. Christian McCaffrey needs a lot of help. Um, Derrick Henry needs a lot of help. Um, Zeke Elliott, I think, is one of them that would be productive just about anywhere, but he has a lot of help with a great offensive line in front of him. Um, that's about Dalvin Cook. Didn't do jack shit before the zone blocking scheme of Gary Kubiak came in. Now he's an all-world player. That's basically Todd Gurley got a lot of money. Le'Veon Bell was great in Pittsburgh. And then so was D'Angelo Williams. So was James Conner. A lot of great running backs in there. C.J. Anderson was great for L.A. and the Rams. Took them to a Super Bowl a year ago. So um, we see the diminishing returns of running backs. You don't pay up for running backs. Arizona, I know this from local media and people around the organization, they were willing to pay most, if not all, of David Johnson's contract to get him out of Dodge, to to give him another opportunity in another organization. I know that was true. Yet the Texans took on his entire contract. They took on his entire contract to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, who got a million dollars more. Well, if you're Arizona, that makes no, no, that's perfect. Yeah, I'll gladly take DeAndre Hopkins at a uh, at the same pace than the running back, the wide receiver, a little more valuable, um, even though re- receivers are very dependent on their quarterback and scheme as well, but not as much as running backs. We've we've learned these things in fantasy football and all my coaching breakdowns and all this information you could find at fantasyguru.com. Just go there and check that out. But uh, for more 
follow-up on it, and I'll get into it as we get closer to football season. I'm diving into schemes and all that stuff for you guys. Don't you worry. But um, it's just such a horrible trade. I, and you get a second-round pick for Texans, but then they swap fourth-rounders too. Like, I, don't, I don't really understand what Houston was doing. You have no wide receivers now for Deshaun Watson, and you have a running back where you could have drafted any running back and been fine and been fine in Houston as long as you have Hopkins. And having Hopkins allows Will Fuller to be that deep threat when he's healthy and or Kenny Stills. It opens everything up. So that's gone, and you've got to worry about Deshaun Watson, and I don't like any of these receivers. These are all complimentary-type guys. I actually think David Johnson in Houston might be their leading receiver this year. That's how pathetic it's got. On the flip side, Arizona, Kyler Murray, I'm all in. All the way in on Kyler Murray this year. Whole, I was in before this trade. Now you're talking about Hopkins on the outside, taking, standing on an island with the best cornerback on the opposing defense. You got Larry Fitzgerald set up inside to do work against the third or fourth best corner. You've got either Andy Isabella or Christian Kirk on the other side and on the other side completely, one in the slot, one on the outside with that kind of speed, downfield speed. And there's so many things. You're going to absolutely annihilate opposing defensive backs. That's a lot of options. The safeties can't keep up with it. In, a, in a, um, the air raid offense like Kingsbury runs, it's going to be phenomenal. Second year in the league, Murray's going to take a huge step forward, obviously. And we love Kenyon Drake as a result of this too. So all things good on the Arizona side. Just don't know what Houston's doing. Don't forget, Houston also got rid of Jadavian Clowney while they were there. I mean, you just got to really worry about the decision-making of that organization right now. Bill O'Brien being the head coach and general manager, not, not a great idea. Not a lot of guys have gotten away with this. And uh, very few successful coaches – took on the GM role as well and had any degree of success. Bill Belichick, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's one. When you're in Bill Belichick's world, the greatest head coach of all time, fine. If you're Bill O'Brien, no freaking way. Um, other news from around the National Football League, Tennessee Titans, a couple of things. They re-signed Ryan Tannehill. Four years, what, $118 million for Tannehill. Um, don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. I really just don't think that he's a difference maker at the quarterback position. He's a game manager, and that's it. You know, people are really – the thing you learn and why dummies like me can be successful when it comes to fantasy sports and sports betting and even sports analysis is all you have to do is ignore the, the groupthink. Just ignore these people. Tennessee got super hot at the end of last year, smoking hot last year. That was it. And they went on a great run, one of the all-time great runs, and almost made it to a Super Bowl, but didn't. You know, got, got eliminated and by Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Just better because why? Well, they couldn't keep up with Kansas City, right? Isn't that what befalled them? And we knew it going into that game. We knew it going in that game. They weren't going to be able to score with Kansas City. They got out to a big lead had the game dead to rights, and yet, next thing you know, Kansas City puts up 35, and there's no way. There's no way. Tennessee has no chance of coming back. And why? Because that's not what the offense is. And you look at the defensive side of the football for the Tennessee Titans, and look at Malcolm Butler, who, um, before getting injured, was an absolute whipping post, who was getting targeted and thrown on ad nauseum. Uh, last year, their best defensive corner, Logan Ryan, who played on the inside, also is going to be gone, likely uh, going to leave in free agency, um, leaving, what, Malcolm Butler and what? Uh, I don't even know. Adore Jackson. Adore Jackson's there, but even Jackson. Jackson and Butler have both shown they cannot guard without when their hips are turned. Hips and shoulders, it, they can't guard anything behind them. You need to play them in a zone, soft zone, like a cover two or a cover three, and they need to protect their area in front of them. When you turn their hips, they can't keep up and they can't track a football. They have massive problems, the long ball. And that's what, where we're sitting with Tennessee's secondary. They're, and they don't have a defensive line 
like the Baltimore Ravens. They don't, they can't get after the passer that well. So this whole defense is going to give up points as they did in that AFC championship game. And that offense is not going to be able to just sit back and give the ball to Derrick Henry 25 times a game like they were able to when they went on the run. It's not going to happen again. And for those of you who think Derrick Henry is the top three to five fantasy running back, boy, he doesn't catch football at all. Not at all. Unless he catches passes or scores 16-plus touchdowns, it's not going to return the value that you're targeting him. I was on Derrick Henry last year. I won championships because of Derrick Henry. Actually, I didn't. I did not win a championship last year in fantasy football. But uh, I had I was Derrick Henry on my all-man's team over at FantasyGuru.com. And you guys who follow my work know I was on him all year long because the upgrades along the offensive line. Well, that's great. And he did very well. But he's incredibly touchdown dependent. And he's also workload dependent. He's a guy who disappears for halves of games. He'll have eight, nine carries and have 20 yards or less. And then he hits a big one, and then he gets a touchdown, then they get a short field, and they got another touchdown. Too much reliant on that. He's a top 10 fantasy running back, no doubt about it. But I am not drafting him in the top end of the first round. No, no way. Give me Michael Thomas. Give me wide receivers over a guy like Derrick Henry. And Ryan Tannehill, for that much money, is repugnant. It just is. He's 32 years old. He's had two torn ACLs. He's had a rotator cuff injury to his shoulder. He's an absolute ticking time bomb. Absolute ticking time bomb. Just remember, just remember this, everybody, that the Tennessee Titans went on an absolute epic run at the end of last season, right? All the playoff wins, we remember that. Oh, they beat the Patriots. Patriots are dead at that point. They beat the Ravens, which was stunning. I don't know. I still don't know what happened in that game. Lamar Jackson was just rusty. And it's what happens when you rely on running the football as a quarterback and you can't throw the ball. It's a problem. But the Titans were nine and seven. That's it. Nine and seven. You know, they 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 weren't that they weren't that good. I don't know what else to tell you. They they were a nine and seven team. Very up and down all year. And you can say, well, Marcus Mariota is the fault, is the reason uh, for that. Well, yeah. Yeah, they were two and four at one point. I think two and four, I think that's when um, when Tannehill took over, right, overall. So, fine. All right. They go seven and five without him. But eh, seven and five, he had a great run. $118 million. Now, that, that is going to be a deeply regretted contract after 2020. 2020, he's only making 17 and a half. That's fine, fine. For what he did, one-year contract. But when you're going to pay him $29.5 million the last two years of this deal, that's absolutely horrific. Really is. And you franchise tag Derrick Henry, which actually I don't mind because it only gives you one year. But you don't sign running backs to long-term extensions. I don't care what the hell they do the year before. And we've just talked about that with Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson, Todd Gurley. But I don't like the makeup of this Tennessee Titan team. I'm betting under all the way. It's only March, and I'm telling you what's going to happen by January. I already know the end of next year we'll not have the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. That's, what's, that's just the bottom line, everybody. And I do not like the moves they make. Speaking of the moves they didn't make, um, they didn't re-sign Jack Conklin. They're starting right tackle. Well, folks, this is the problem here. Because what did I like about Derrick Henry going into 2019? I liked the fact that you had two bookend tackles and Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin, right? And then you bring in an all-world left guard like Roger Saffold from the Rams, who, by the way, he blocked the way for Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson the year before. Right, he was that guy, and now Derrick Henry went bananas, as I thought he was going to behind a superior offensive line. You lose that right side now. You got Nate Davis and I don't Quesenberry, who was very ineffective at the, when he was starting at left tackle last year for um, for Taylor Lewan while he was suspended in the beginning of the season. People wonder why the Titans' run game got going later in the seasons because their offensive line was healthy finally and back from suspension and got a couple games of playing together. Now you take Conklin out, that hurts Henry. That hurts Derrick Henry. That hurts Ryan Tannehill. That hurts this offense. Jack Conklin goes and signs with 
the Cleveland Browns. I think this is a very, very good move. The Browns have all of a sudden, like, that's a great move. Really, I mean, just that is what he got three years, $42 million, okay, for Jack Conklin. So total, total great move by the Cleveland Browns. Other Browns moves were bad. Like, I don't know what they were thinking when they um, they traded, or I'm sorry, they signed a backup quarterback, Case Keenum, three years, $18 million. It's not a huge deal, $6 million per. It's not that bad. Not that bad. But it's still a lot of money to give to a backup quarterback. And then the even worse deal for the uh, for the Cleveland Browns, they signed tight end Austin Hooper. I like Austin Hooper. He's a good player. He's a he's a good move tight end. Young, big, good hands, all that stuff. But you had David Njoku already there. Why are you giving forty four million dollars, twenty three million guaranteed, to an, a second tight end? Kevin Stefanski thinks he's going to go in. Um, run the Minnesota offense, I suppose, and have two tight ends because he thinks he's got Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith. Well, okay, but Baker, what do you, you have? Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to to feed. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Why aren't you? Why are you getting Austin Hooper, Jack Conklin? Great, go out and trade for Trent Williams. Go out and trade for another. Pay that money. Pay $44 million to another offensive lineman. If you get one more offensive lineman, you're going to go from a bottom, sort of lower middle offensive line in Cleveland to one of the best. You give Baker Mayfield more time. He has one more year experience. You have all these weapons. Now all the weapons play up. Having a tight end that doesn't block, that only is a pass catcher, when you already had David Njoku, just doesn't make sense. I don't get the... This is like bad fantasy drafting or something. Like, oh, he's the best player available. I'm going to go get him. Okay, you have all of that. Just don't get it. I do not understand the Austin Hooper thing, and I like the player, but I think it's he's going to be wasted in Cleveland. I really do. And if he's not, if you do use Austin Hooper a lot, you play two tight ends, and the Joker's getting enough, and Hooper's getting enough. You know who's going to be pissed? Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be absolutely livid. And more that's going to end tragically and bad in Cleveland. If your offense is going and everything's working for you in Cleveland and Beckham's not getting his, that's the risk you take. Beckham would rather get his and the team suck than the team be great and him not produce. That's the guy you brought in last year, and that's the guy you're attached to. So I'd be very careful on how you handle Austin Hooper, Cleveland Browns, and Kevin Stefanski because uh, you've got an absolute volatile situation there. And, and that's going to go back to your quarterback and leadership. Like I talked about at the start of the show, leadership. Baker Mayfield, guys, he, I like the fact that he's not afraid to speak his mind. I love the fact that he's able to um, talk about difficult situations and the Miles Garrett situation, the Odell Beckham situation, the um, Freddie Kitchens situation from last year. I love that. But he's also very volatile and immature in the way he handles it. All right? He needs to be better at that as well. I think Baker can do it. I think he will be better. As he matures and gets more grown up, I guess, he can be a better leader. But you're playing with fire right now. And I just don't like a couple of those moves. The Keenan move, the Austin Hooper move, bad. Jack Conklin, extraordinarily good. Very, very good move. Um, Other moves from around the National Football League – uh, here today, um, or I should say the first day of this um, free agency, we'll say no news really on um, Tom Brady. Obviously, a lot of people are interested in that, but th- here's the bottom line. I've said it all off season. I posted it over fantasyguru.com. Brady's going to stay with the, with the uh, Patriots, all right? Bruce Arians wooing him. Tampa Bay's interesting. He's got some good weapons over there. Sure, sure. But that's not great for Tom Brady. It's not great for Tampa Bay either, to be honest with you. I just don't like it. Um, He's going to stay with Tampa. He's going to stay with New England. I don't even know why. I hate the fact that a lot of you are so 
and I don't blame you. I get it. You're interested in where Brady goes. If he were to go somewhere else, it would be fascinating, but he's not. That's just the bottom line. So there you go. Other moves from uh, a lot of linemen moves. Um, I, I like seeing uh, Halote Vaitai, guy who played left tackle in the Super Bowl when the Philadelphia Eagles won. Um, he signs a deal for your contract in Detroit. So Detroit getting much-needed help along their offensive line. Should be good for a uh, Matthew Stafford. Remember Stafford coming back healthy. Five-year, $50 million actually, for Vitae. Vitae got money, baby. Um, he, I mean, he protected. He played out of his mind when Jason Peters was down during that run the Eagles had for Nick Foles. But he played also like dog shit. Last year, I think he was 26th, according to Pro Football Focus, among 88 offensive tackles. It's not great, considering he played a lot because Peters was hurt once again. Which, by the way, Philadelphia Eagles fans, Carson Wentz, this is another one-year offensive lineman. All the depth all the depth that you had that year you won the Super Bowl is now completely and utterly gone. It's gone. So, <laughs> going to be a problem in Philadelphia as uh, – as that happens. Also, this I just hate. I hate because I'm a Chicago Bears fan. The Bears go out and sign Jimmy Graham. Two years, $16 million. Dog shit of a deal. Just terrible. Uh, Jimmy Graham's past his prime. They'd never used the tight end in this offense. I think that the idea with uh, Matt Nagy is that Jimmy Graham will play the Travis Kelsey role. The only problem with that is this is not Travis Kelsey and Jimmy Graham when he was 26, 27 years old, posting up against smaller safeties when in New Orleans when they'd spread everybody wide and Drew Brees was able to throw him jump balls was a huge asset. Was very very good. He was good in Seattle. He scored ten touchdowns in an abbreviated season when Russell Wilson did nothing but uh, play action pass on the goal line. They threw Jimmy Graham. But the rest of his numbers were shit, too. He's been terrible in Green Bay. So I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe he can give you some insight on this Green Bay offense. And his Chicago a division rival may be interested in that. But I don't like it. I don't like it from a fantasy standpoint whatsoever. Um, a move I do like, James Bradbury. I told you guys in my write-up over at FantasyGuru.com, my top 100 uh, free agent rankings. Bradbury signs with New York Giants. It's a real, real good move now three years 45 million dollars that's a lot of money for a cornerback that's never really lived up to expectations but let me tell you what bradbury's done those in the know and somebody like me who over elitefantasy.com my cash game breakdown every week people know i am very tuned into the wide receiver cornerback matchups i talk about that all the time i think there's a lot of miss information misreporting out there i run my own corner wide receiver cornerback model and in that james bradbury for carolina has had the absolute nut worst matchups on a continuous basis for the last two years just constantly check out who he's had to shadow just last year mike evans deandre hopkins mike evans julio jones julio jones michael thomas dk Metcalf. Michael Thomas. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty freaking terrible. Right? That is pretty bad. So, I mean, that's a real tough matchups for him. He's a big guy. He, he's faced the best. And by the way, like, he, in all those matchups, I want people to know that I think he's, he gave up one touchdown in all those. That was to Michael Thomas in week 12. That's it. That was the only touchdown Bradbury gave up to all those receivers. So I, there was some production there, 60, 80-yard games. But nobody went over 100 yards. Only one touchdown in those eight games. It's, it's not bad. I'm telling you, I think, I think the, the Giants got a very good one. I really do. I mean, considering where they've been with Janoris Jenkins and Eli Apple over the last few years, they got a better corner in, his, in the prime of his uh, career in James Bradbury. So – there you go. All right, folks, approaching that, uh, what am I at? Well, about a one-hour mark here. I've got a lot more to share with you guys on NFL Free Agency. We'll talk more uh, fantasy baseball going forward. Also, I want everybody to come join us. If you are an elite fantasy, fantasy guru or elite sports betting subscriber, come on over, elitesportsbetting.com. 
uh, right at the top, the vault. It's a VIP chat only. I'm going to be hanging out there pretty much every night, every, every weekend, weekday. Uh, me, Schuster, Tommy G, our, our guys Duke and Benny, and we're all going to be in there hanging out with you, talking sports, betting on races, betting on soccer, doing some DFS UFC, DFS soccer. We'll be uh, talking poker strategy out there as well, talking fantasy baseball, some fantasy football. For those of you just into baseball and football, fantasy guru chat rooms, we'll have live streams for both sports all week long. On Monday night, we got um, a baseball live stream of Vlad Sedler and Paul Sporer. On Tuesday, myself uh, with uh, Tyler Beaker, Armando, Armando Marsal, Russell Clay. We'll be doing a little free agent live stream in action. We've got another baseball one on Friday. got another football one on Thursday of this week of March 16th. So a lot coming at you. Appreciate you guys. Uh, stay safe out there. Again, be leaders. Take care of the elderly. Take care of the young. Take care of those who need you. Um, don't be afraid, man. Just whatever you do, come hang out with us. We've got you covered at the Elite Sports Network. I appreciate you guys very, very much. If there's any topics on any podcast you want me to hit and discuss, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. You want to see my NFL free agent reaction videos, the Jeff Mans on TikTok, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and all other social media outlets. Going to have an episode later this week with Ted Schuster. How I met Ted Schuster should be a good one. We'll talk about our early years what we were like as uh, teenagers when we met, how we've changed over the years. That will be a good one. I'm uh, going to get Tommy G back on. Maybe MLB model will hop on here with me one of these days, and uh, we'll talk a little business action with that. Who knows, maybe some Bitcoin, living in the wilderness. A lot to get to. Appreciate you guys tuning in. If you like what you heard, please leave a comment. Hit the subscribe button. Like it number of stars or whatever. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, please tell a friend. We could use all the listeners we get. The more listeners, the more episodes you're, we are going to get. And, uh, you know, the more great content that we'll provide for you guys. This is as much as your show as it is mine. So uh, there you go. Episode five in the books. Hopefully you agree. And if you don't, don't worry. That was just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Peace out.